Very appropriate um, video. Our text today is Psalm chapter 46. If you have your Bibles, I'd love for you to turn with me there. And I will be reading the text in a moment. I was all geared up and ready to preach Nehemiah chapter 12 until about 8 o'clock this morning. And so we changed um, about 8 a.m. And so we want to preach a message. I preached this text before, but I want to try to contextualize it and kind of place it where we are uh, here today as we are experiencing this hurricane. And we are here in Austin. As you just look around, you see the wind, you see the rain, but it does not compare to what our brothers and sisters uh, south of us are encountering with massive, I mean, catastrophic uh, flooding and just a very, very difficult time. So do y'all know what the title of my sermon was from Nehemiah chapter 12? Happy Days. Can you imagine me standing up here and preaching a message entitled Happy Days when things are just falling apart in people's lives? So uh, bear with me as I just kind of walk through this sermon with you uh, today. Not going to be as, as prepared as, as I normally am, but that's okay. I just want to do what I felt like the Spirit of God was leading me to do. And that is just kind of walk us through this text uh, of Psalm 46. I've received a couple of messages. I do want to read these messages to you because they are from uh, pastors who are in the Houston area, friends of mine that I've been checking on them and they have been replying to me. And the first one is Jason Crandall at City View Church there in the Houston area. And he wrote uh, a little article entitled, For the First Time Ever. It's the title of his article. And it reads, that's not a meaningless phrase. That's the phrase being used by the National Weather Service to describe our flash flood emergency here in Houston. There have been more than 1,000 water rescues overnight. Last night, there were 1,000 water rescues in the greater Houston area. As of this morning, there have been five people who have died due to the flooding. There have been between 20 and 30 inches of rain that have fallen overnight, like last night, 20 to 30 inches. And as you know, and I know that it's not over, this is a crazy storm. This storm, and I've gone through many hurricanes on the south coast of Alabama, on the eastern coast of North Carolina, those things just seem to follow. Now I'm here in Texas, and then things just seem to follow me wherever I go. And I'm telling you, they can be catastrophic. They can be very disrupting. For two weeks, we were without power when I was 15 years of age in Alabama. And we went to the creek and took our baths. And we grilled out all the food that we had frozen. Neighbors, everybody came together. Two weeks. It was in September, so I didn't mind too bad missing school. But it really does mess up your life. It just changes things. Go back to his article. He says, flooding is rampant and the rain from the Hurricane Harvey, it just keeps coming. People in the 500-year floodplain are getting dangerously close to flooding. Please pray for Houston. And then Pastor Jason goes on to say, here's the scripture that God has given me. And this is the scripture that I have been praying. And I want you to listen to this before we read our text today. Very powerful. Psalm 107, 28 through 31 says... Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them from their distress. He made the storm be still, and the waves of the sea were hushed. Then they were glad that the waters were quiet, and he brought them to their desired haven. Let them thank the Lord for his steadfast love, for his wondrous works to the children of man. 
He said, we love our city. Here are some specific things that you can pray for. Pray for the path of the Hurricane Harvey to move, to move on. Hopefully move on out of here and back to the sea. Pray that the rain stops so that our city can drain. Pray for first responders, for doctors, for nurses as they minister. Pray for the city and our surrounding areas. The next text message I got this morning from Pastor Greg Mott at First Baptist Church, Houston. Thank you for checking on us. We are okay. My family is okay. But I am starting to hear of church members whose houses are taking on water. We canceled all of our activities at church today. The city is very, very tense right now. And it has been a rough night. And then just like Pastor Greg, he has a way of just capturing the moment. This is what he said. He says, it is unfortunate because many of the people who can handle it the least have got it the worst. Isn't that tough? Those who don't have the economic means and the ability to handle it the best are the very ones who are being devastated the most. We are working with our North American Mission Board and most likely we'll have each of our campuses to become staging areas. He goes on to write, He says, it's been very busy for us over the last 24 hours. I've been up since 4 a.m. sending text messages. He said, I'm so proud of our team, but I feel like the air traffic controller uh, just helping as they are doing the heavy lifting. Best thing to do right now is just pray for us and know that this is going to be a cleanup for the next month or so. And then he says, so it might be an opportunity in the future for teams to come because I asked him, what, what can we do? How can we, your neighbors to the north, how can we help you out? And as I speak, uh, th- there are many uh, ways that you can get involved and you can help. You can do like my family and I make a financial donation through the Austin Disaster Relief Network. You can help serve through the Red Cross, our North American Mission Board, Disaster Relief's doing a great job. Uh, we are in the process as a staff, we're thinking through possibly there's a possible opportunity for us to make a trip down on Friday, but it's all very, very fluid, right? No, no pun intended. It, it's just very moving. It's just mo- many moving parts. But I tell you, these people are asking us more than anything, would you just pray to God that God has mercy on us and God helps us. And that's what we've done and that's what we're going to continue to do. So let let me read our text to us today. It's a text that you're familiar with and it's Psalm chapter 46. All 11 verses, the Hebrew name Jehovah Sabaoth is used here twice in verse 7 and 11, which means Jehovah Sabaoth, the Lord God of hosts, the God who is with us. It says God is our refuge and he is our strength, a very present help in times of trouble. Therefore, the psalmist writes, we will not fear even though the earth be removed and though the mountains be carried in the midst of the sea, though its waters roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with its swelling. There is a river whose streams shall make glad the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacle of the most high. God is in the midst of her and she shall not be moved. God shall help her just at the break of dawn. And when we look at the the historical context of Psalm 46, that that phrase, uh, that God will help us just at the perfect time at the break of dawn, that'll that'll take on a whole new meaning for you when you understand the backdrop of Psalm 46. The nations raged, the kingdoms were moved. God uttered his voice and the earth melted. Jehovah Sabaoth, the Hebrew there, 
The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Salah. Come, behold the works of the Lord, who has made desolations in the earth. He makes wars cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and he cuts the spear in two. He burns the chariot in the fire. Remember those words in just a moment that God rescues at just the perfect time and he brings devastation and he annihilates his enemies when you think about the historical context of what is going on. And then it just kind of concludes that the psalmist, he talks about the dire situation and divine intervention. And then it closes with a, a, a very sincere invitation to do this, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations and I will be exalted uh, in the earth. And then the, is that a bird or is that a child? I can't, I can't tell which one. <laughs> if it's a child, I, I wish I could sing like, you know, that, that, that operatic. The Lord of hosts is with us. That's the same word, church. It's the word Jehovah Sabaoth. It, it means the God of the armies of heaven. The heavenly host, the God who is above all and supreme, enthroned above the circle of the earth. He is the God that has the armies at his disposal. It says, that God is with us, his people. The God of Jacob is our refuge. So what is the historical context? What is going on in Psalm 46? He said, well, all I know is that Martin Luther read it and he wrote a whole hymn about it. And I say to that, amen, a mighty fortress is our God. And we're going to look at that hymn in a moment. We're just going to kind of read the passages. And, and, and Martin Luther in the 16th century, as God used him to spark this mighty movement, this reformation, which by the way, started in 1517. You fast forward in 2017 and today, especially in October of 31, we will be celebrating the 500th anniversary of the Protestant Reformation, which began there in Germany and spread, praise the Lord, spread throughout Europe, throughout the known world, and it's spreading even to this day. And so Martin Luther writes this uh, hymn because he is a person who dealt with opposition. He, he had such a hard time as God was using him to bring about change, to bring about not only a reform and a protest, but a reformation and a Protestant reformation at that. And so that is a good to keep in mind, but I want to predate 500 years with another couple of thousand years. Okay. The year is 700 BC, 700 BC, the Assyrian king, his name is Sennacherib and Sennacherib and the Assyrian armies have already devastated Samaria, which is the capital of the Northern kingdom, the 10 Northern tribes in the North, Ephraim, Samaria, the 10 Northern tribes, Sennacherib comes in and the Assyrian kings, uh, Tiglath-Pileser and Salmanes are all, Shalmanes are all these guys, they come in and they devastate. And 722, you remember the year, that is a pivotal year. When you study Old Testament history, 722, the Northern kingdom fell. I mean, she fell. And here you go to about 700, the Assyrian army has devastated the North. Now they look South and they look at Jerusalem and they look at King Hezekiah and they are at their doorstep. In fact, 185,000 Assyrian soldiers are about to penetrate and move into Jerusalem and Jerusalem is going to fall according to all the prognications. I mean, it's just going to happen, right? 
But Hezekiah in 2 Kings 18 and 19, you ought to read it. That's the historical context of Psalm 46. Hezekiah and his men, they get on their knees before God and they're praying to God. And Sennacherib, the king, he's taunting them. He says, oh, by the way, how about all the other gods? The people, the people of the land, they prayed to their God and I demolished them. And so you can pray to your God and I'm going to demolish you. It's just a matter of time. Here we come. And that is the dire situation that is going on within its historical context. And out of that context, the psalmist writes these words, God is our help. God is our refuge. Some of you here today, you may not be adversely affected so much by the physical storm, the hurricane winds. I mean, man, I've got sandbags in my yard. I've been unloading buckets and buckets of water. I'm, I'm going to put some gutters in my house. I learned the hard way. All right. I mean, I mean, just pouring, I'm getting these sinkholes in, in our yard and just my dog thinks I've lost my mind. Zila just looks at me like, have you lost your, you keep going out there and emptying those buckets of water. But listen, we, we, you know, that's minuscule compared to a flood of a home. And some of you are like, well, I'm not even having to do with that brother. Now I'm just dealing with the inconveniences of a wet road and my power goes out here and there. But, but, but that's not what I'm talking about. Your situation is, is far more grave. You, you may be dealing with cancer today. By the way, Hurricane Harvey will pass. Amen? <laughs> it will pass. But cancer may be with you to stay. Or your marriage may be falling apart. Um, unfortunately and sadly, I, I know it just recently fell apart for a dear, dear Great Hills Baptist Church family. My heart is broken and I'm thinking, oh God, the things that people are dealing with and they're struggling with, or your, your children may be just, I mean, they may have taken a path and you're like, what if they lost their ever loving mind? I did not, in, I did not encourage that. I did not, I did not bless that. And they have chosen a total different lifestyle. The same sex attraction has gone way beyond that. It's gone into a homosexual lifestyle and you're going, what is, what is happening? What are happening to my children and, and to my grandchildren? They don't go to church. They don't serve God. And so you're, you're bringing all of that to Great Hills Baptist Church and you're in a, you're in a storm. You're in a hard way today. Or your business may not be going so well. Your finances aren't going well. I tell you what, it may not be a hurricane. It may not be a Protestant Reformation. But I'm telling you, this psalm is just as much for you as it was for them. That God says, read it. Understand it. That your dire situation is no match for Almighty God. Let's look at the text just a little bit this, this morning as we, as we study it. Verse 1, it says, yes, God is our refuge and God is our strength in times of trouble. The Hebrew word there, trouble, tasara. Here's some definitions of it. It means to be distressed, to have an adversary, to be afflicted, to literally be in, in anguish. And that, again, that's, that's, that's dire. That's, that's a troubling scenario. Luther writes these words. A mighty fortress is our God. He's a bulwark that never fails. Our helper, he amid the, anybody? The flood. Interesting. He, our helper amid the flood. Now, he wasn't talking about a hurricane so much as he was talking about the floods I was describing a moment ago the floods of life, the floods of divorce, the, the floods of failed dreams, the floods of trying to leave, for him, 
trying to lead a people of God back to the Word of God and sola scriptura and sola grace and sola faith. And he is amidst these floods and he says, of mortal ills prevailing, for still our ancient foe doth seek to work us woe. His craft and power are great and he is armed with cruel hate and on earth is not his equal. Wow, that's powerful. That's a dire situation, a troubling scenario anguish of heart and soul. But he goes on to write, did we in our own strength confide our striving would be losing? We're not the right man on our side. The man, capital M, of God's own choosing. Doth ask who that may be? Christ Jesus, it is he. Lord Sabaoth is his name. Remember now, when Martin Luther writes, a mighty fortress is our God, he has Psalm 46 before him. And so in verses 7 and 11, when it says Jehovah Sabaoth, he has to put that in there. He has to say, the the, the Christ Jesus, it is he, Lord Sabaoth is his name from age to age the same. Check this out. And he must win our battles. A dire situation. Number two, notice this with me, God's intervention. And particularly in verse 1, verse 5, verse 7, and verse 11. If you'll allow me, I'll just briefly capture those moments for you in the Scripture. It says that God is going to be with His children in two ways, through His presence and through His power, okay? Now think about that for just a moment before we get right back to the text. God's going to be with us, and the way He's going to come through for us, number one, He's going to be with us. His, His powerful, palpable presence, the presence of God through the Holy Spirit I'm thinking post-death, burial, resurrection of Jesus and post-ascension and now Pentecost, his Holy Spirit is with us. Unlike the way he was in the Old Testament where he would come upon people and depart, that's why David would say, take not your Holy Spirit from me. They don't say that after Pentecost, okay? He comes and he stays. His presence abides. Listen, if you've confessed Christ as your Savior and Lord, then the Holy Spirit of God dwells within you, never to leave you, never to forsake you, and to comfort you and to help you in your greatest time of need. Hallelujah. What a God we serve. That's encouraging. God's presence. Number two, God's power. All right. God's omnipotent power. I'm I'm not going to get into the eschatological overtones of Psalm 46, though I'm extremely tempted to do so. But there's more to this than Sennacherib. I mean, the Spirit of God is on the psalmist, and he looks not only at the immediate context of war, but he looks into the future of a grand universal war where God comes through and saves the day, and the stream of, of the river of God flows, and it is just peaceful in the kingdom of God, the city of God. And that's all packed in there, but, but just for now, think about it this way. God delivers me with his presence and with his power. And here it is in verse 1 a very present help. Verse 5 says, God is in the midst of her. Verse 7 and 11, the Lord of hosts is with us. One commentary put it this way, says, the great doctrine of the presence of God affirms. It affirms that the great king has identified himself with his people. Therefore, they need not fear. They will always be assured of his presence to help them, end of quote. And then verses 7, 11, the host, the Saba is, is the Hebrew, you spell it T-S-A-B-A. What's that look like? Sabaoth. It's a transliterate, our English word Sabbath, Sabaoth, 
is a transliteration of Jehovah Sabaoth in the Hebrew. And it means a mass of persons organized for war, like an army or like a company of soldiers. So God's presence, that's how he intervenes. He, he comes to us in our darkest night. But secondly, through his power. And, and here it is. Here's the text. I want to show you what happened. The psalmist was like, yes, God, your presence is with us, but so is your arm, your arm to deliver and to save. And it came to pass on that night that the angel of the Lord went out and the angel of God killed in the camp of the Assyrians 185,000, okay, 185,000 soldiers. And when they got up the next morning, there they were, all the corpse, they were dead. You know why? Because Jehovah Sabaoth came in and saved the day. That's what he does. His presence abides with us and also his power. But did you notice that little phrase, at the break of dawn, at the very absolute last possible moment, oh God, could you not have come over here? And God says, nope, you're not calling the shots, I'm calling the shots. And if I want to deliver you right at the break of dawn, maybe there you will recognize absolutely unequivocally it was me who did it, and I will receive more praise here than I would receive praise there. But God always delivers. I love to tell people, especially at funerals, God does heal, and God heals a cancer, and God does heal Alzheimer's, and it may not be on this side, it may be on the other side, but I'll just give you, I'm just give you just a good word this morning, that in heaven, there is no cancer, there is no cardiac arrest, there is no Alzheimer's or dementia, There's, there is no disease or heartache or pain. The Bible says there are no tears, there's no crying, because the Lord Jesus is there, and we are there, and that's what we get to look forward to. As his people, all right? As his people. God delivers. God comes in his presence, and I'm so grateful for that. You know, I know some of you, like me, you're, you're looking for God. God deliver. God bring health and healing and revival and peace and unity, and God do all these things in my life and in our church, and, and God will. God, God loves. God will deliver. But here's the thing about God. I wonder if I can get an amen on this. He's never early, he's never late, he's just on time. And that, that takes us to trust him on that. Because I know some of you right now, you're having a hard time with this because you're questioning the goodness of God. You've moved beyond questioning the timing of God. Satan has so truncated and twisted it, now you're questioning God himself. Okay, can I just let you in on a secret? The enemy loves to accuse God to us and us to God. And he loves for us to say, well, if God was good, how could he allow that to happen? And if God was really great, then why did he not prevent it? And when you start having those thoughts and it just starts to bring you further and further from God, then I just want to tell you something. You need to run to Psalm 46 and you need to read it. You need to commit it to your heart and to your mind that God has not forsaken me. God has not forgotten me. God has his presence abides with me and and even if, even if God does not come through my calamity and my catastrophe, and even if this takes me on into glory, God be praised. That's what Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego did, right? They said, even if, and mercy me, I can't tell you how many weeks mercy me's song, even if, has been at the top of the charts, number one. 
number one in Christian contemporary music for months. I remember running in the Austin Marathon in February and I was listening to that song and they kept playing it and playing it and playing it. It was in February. I like what Brother Terry said about that song. I love that song and I hate that song. <laughs> and it, it's so strong, isn't it? And we do love it. And we do say, God, even if it doesn't turn out the way I wanted it to, let God be praised. Man, if we can get to that point, if I can get to that point, that is a super duper place to be. Luther goes on to say in the next stanza, and though this world with devils filled should threaten to undo us, we will not fear for God hath willed his truth to triumph through us. The prince of darkness grim, we tremble not for him. His rage we can endure for lo, his doom is sure. One little word shall whip him, shall fail him. So here you have this dire situation, but more importantly, you have the direct, omnipotent intervention of God. And God came through for his people back then. He came through with his presence and with his power to deliver. And I would argue and I would say to you, friend, and thank you, by the way, for listening online through our, through our live stream. This message is for you. I mean, God changed my whole sermon so I could give you this sermon that God loves you. God sees you. God... God wants you to know he has not abandoned you, that he is high above in the heavens, but he's also right here on earth. Yes, he is transcendent above all, but he's imminent in all who profess faith in Christ. And the Holy Spirit of God comes and dwells within us. Number three, and the final thing I want to share with you this morning is this sincere invitation. It's almost like all of this is grandiose and fine, but it's all futile and in vain if you don't appropriate it by faith, okay? Let, let me say that again. All of this is just history and all of this is for yesteryear and all of this is for somebody else unless you believe, unless you say, God, this is for me. And God, I trust that you're good. God, I trust that you're all powerful. And, and God, I wanna come and I wanna receive your invitation. And, and, and you tell me, and here it is, here's the invitation. Verse eight says, behold. Do y'all see that? Right in the midst of this, it goes, come behold the works of God, the nations at his feet. That's Shane and Shane, by the way. They have a whole psalm, a, a song written from Psalm 46. By the way, if you don't have that album, you don't have that CD, you ought to get it. It's called Shane and Shane. I know one name's Shane. <laughs> The other's name is Shane, and they just said, we were at Texas A&M. We said, let's call ourselves Shane and Shane. They said, okay, whoop, let's do that. And so they did. So Shane and Shane, and you can see it's called, I think it's Psalms uh, 2. And every song, song is built on a psalm. And when you put that in your radio, or you put that in your CD player or Spotify or however you want to get to it, it's all scripture. It's all scripture. And Psalm 46 is the first one. The very first song in the whole album, number one, is the Lord of hosts is with us. You ought to check it out. You ought to, you ought to read it. Listen to it. Behold the works of God. The Hebrew word is kazah. It means to perceive. Stay with me now. To perceive not just a historical event in time past, but behold today this same God. The same God who delivered then 
can deliver today. This Hebrew word means to perceive and it means to contemplate the works of God. One writer says this, the, the acts of God in history, well, all of it, salvation, exodus, conquest, the judges, the monarchy, all of it he's writing for Israel. And then he puts this word in there. The recitation of the mighty acts of God plants deep in the memory of God's people the evidences of his care, his protection, and his providential rule, end of quote. So you remember, I don't know about y'all, but is anybody in here like me? Just, just raise your hand if you can, if you say, well, I resemble that statement. I don't resent it, I resemble that statement. Oh, it's just hard for me to say this, it's just public confession. When times get tough, sometimes my default immediate reaction is spiritual amnesia. Anybody? I mean, that's just, that's tough, isn't it? The rest of y'all are just really holy or liar, liar, pants on fire. I don't know which one it is. No, no. Maybe your faith is deeper and stronger, and I commend that. And it really it is. For some of you, you're like, well, well Pastor, I, I've learned. I've learned that, man, I can go into spiritual amnesia and I can forget all the providence and the protection and the promises of God. But I want to tell you something, that is a dead end. I have found that when the hard times come, I, I don't forget God. I don't forget his promises. I'm standing on the promises of God. And that ends much better, much more sublime. Standing on his promises, remembering him. So number one, he says, behold, perceive and then look at this one. In verse 10, it says, and be still. He's inviting us to behold in verse 8, the works of God makes desolations in the earth, makes the wars to cease, breaks the bow, burns the spirit, this chariot, does all those mighty things. Verse 10, can I give you all a translation of be still? Chill out. Take a deep breath. Let your nerves be calm. Let your spirit be at ease. Such a powerful word for those in times of need. The Hebrew word literally means let it drop. <laughs> Isn't that good? Let it drop. You, you carry this burden, you, you carry this weight, this albatross entwined around your head like Medusa. You're, you're walking around with this and the word of God says, let it drop. And by faith, you say, God, this is way too heavy for me. I'll just let you carry it. I wonder if that's what 1 Peter 5, 7 means when it says, casting all my care on him because he cares for me. That Hebrew word means let it drop, abandon it, relax, refrain, forsake, let it go, let it go. That's what that word means. It means let it go. I'm just letting, letting it go. That's the, that's the word be still means let it go. Let it drop. God, you've got this. Ah, so easy to preach, so very hard to live. So easy to say, but when the pressure's on and when you're in the heat of the battle and the crucible of the moment, may God help us, may God help me to have the spiritual wherewithal to jettison the amnesia and to say, no, wait a minute. I'm not going to listen to Satan accuse God to me or me to God. I'm going to focus on Christ, his death, his burial, his resurrection, his Holy Spirit. All the promises of God are yes and amen to he, him, her who believes. So, Lord, I choose. I choose to believe. 
and I choose to drop this weight on you. One more stanza and we're done. That word above all earthly powers, no thanks to them abided. The spirit and the gifts are ours through him who with us sided. Let good and kindred go, this mortal life also. Remember that? The body they may kill, God's truth abideth still. His kingdom is for Mighty fortress is our God. There it is. Mighty fortress is our God. <laughs> no thanks to them about it. I love that. Potentates and princes. No thanks to them. They're trying to kill me as much as the religious people. But God, you're with me, he said. And I come and I come to you and I cast all my care upon him because he cares for me. What is your care today? What is your weight? What is your let it go moment? What is your albatross? What is that sin that so easily besets you? What is it where God would say, the invitation is open? Yes, watch and see. The times are hard. There's a dire, painful situation, but I am a God who can intervene. Will you receive it and will you believe it? So I invite you to do that today. Don't know what. It may be something as pressing as, as the weather and your house, and, and I'm sorry. I mean, that's hard. I mean, I, I can honestly say, not only do I sympathize with you, but I empathize with you. And my wife, when she was a little girl being raised in Gulf Shores, the water came to here in her house. Um, I think that was Frederick in 1979. I mean, they've gone through hurricane, and, and it is devastating, and it's troubling, and it's like, will these waters ever recede? Will this storm ever leave my tranquil soul? And the answer is yes, it will. Hold on, have faith, trust in God, help one another along, and it will, it will pass. Others of you today have, again, a, a far more serious issue than your house flooding. You have the issue of, of sin that separates you from a holy God. And the difference is, in your state of sin and where you are now, if the mortal, if the, if the flood overflows your life and you drown and you die in a watery grave, then you go to a devil's hell. And that's, that's really the epitome of a dire situation. You say, well, how do I avoid that? How do, I, how do I not go to hell? I deserve hell, preacher. I mean, you don't have to convince me on that. I have sinned. I've broken all the Ten Commandments, and, and I deserve. There's a holy God, a just God, and I deserve to go to hell. But how do I escape that and go to heaven? I got good news for you. It's called the cross of Jesus Christ. Jesus died on the cross and said, I take all of your sin and I put it on me, and I, I die for you, and my blood is shed for you so that I can purchase your soul. All you got to do, watch this, all you got to do is say, Lord, I'm sorry, take my sin, and I'm coming to you, and, and heaven bring me in. That, that's really all you got to do, and it's really that simple. You say, would you please go through that one more time? Yes, be glad to. God, I'm sorry for my sin. Take it from me. My past sin, my present sin, and even the sins I'll commit in the future. Lord, take it all, that which separates me from you. And Jesus, I receive you as my King and as my Savior. I'm telling you guys, when you do that, there's a peace of God that passes understanding. It will come over your life. 
You know, with some of those saying, come hell or high water, that, that's taken on some significance for some of you. Because hell will come for some of you and high water is already coming for most of us. So why don't you just say, God, you take that and I give you my everlasting soul. And from this day forth, I am yours. Oh, wouldn't that be good? See you saved today. So I'll pray toward that end. And I also pray for God's comfort for those of you that need so much the comfort of God. Father, we do come in the name above every name, Jesus, and we're praying, God. Praying during this time of calamity, this time of Hurricane Harvey, this time of marital discord, Lord, this time of diagnosis of cancer, Lord, this time of lack of funds and finances, this time, Lord, of rebellious, wayward teenagers and grandchildren, Lord, these times, these dire times, God, we ask in the name of Jesus, through the power of your spirit, that you would intervene, God, just, just intervene. Lord, not only ameliorate it, make it better, but Lord, just obliterate the bad and bring it about for your glory and for my good. And Lord, come with your presence. Come, God, with your outstretched arm of power. And God, would you deliver? Would you heal? God, would you mend? Would you bring forgiveness? Lord, would you obliterate envy and jealousy? God, would you do what only you can do? Bring health and healing to a marriage, to a church, to a city, God. And would you do this, Lord, for your glory so that on the precipice, Lord, of ruin, on the precipice of destruction, we will say, look what God did. And God, we will give you praise. And we will even now thank you in advance because we're your children, Lord, and you don't forsake your kids. Lord, you love your kids. We're your kids. We're heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ through his blood shed for us on the cross. So, Lord, we come. We come, Lord, with great confidence, knowing that you hear our prayer. And, Lord, finally, I, I just pray for folks. They would take you up on your invitation. That, Lord, they would say, yes, Jesus, take my sin. Hey, seriously, some of you this very moment, would you pray that to the Lord right now? Would you say, God take my sin and in heaven let me in when I die. God, please, I am sorry. Forgive me and I give you my life. And those of you that pray that prayer and those of you that mean it with all your heart, would you please, would you please let me know, let somebody know about this so that you don't become a closet, clandestine, quiet, lone ranger, Americanized Christian. No, you would become a bold, community-oriented, church-going, Jesus-loving, Satan-hating, follower of Christ. And the only way you can do that is you got to let people know. you got to let us know through baptism. you got to let us know so that we can walk alongside of you. So don't keep it to yourself. Let somebody know. Even today, let us know. So, Father, we just ask you to bless our invitation. And, Lord, please, please give help and hope and God, give comfort and, and remedy. God, intervene, Lord, where there seems like the intervention is impossible. Thank you, Lord, that you tell us with men it is impossible. But with God, all things are possible, possible to him who believes. And finally, one more time, Lord, I do want to pray. I pray for these brothers, Brother Greg Mott. I pray for Jason Crandall. I pray for Pastor Ed Young. I pray for these pastors, Lord, thousands of them that, Lord, they have the weight of the city on their shoulders, and they want to minister to the physical, but more importantly, Lord, the spiritual needs of their people, and I pray that you'd bless them. 
I pray for Governor Abbott, Lord, and I pray for the mayor of Houston, and I pray, Lord, for their counsel, and I pray that, God, you would intervene and you would lift the storm, Lord Jesus, and you would lift the pain of the floods, and that, God, you would, you would just unleash the church of God, not only in Texas, but all over the world, that we could give aid and help. And, Lord, they would know they are not alone, and that, God, you shine the brightest when our nights are the darkest. So help us as a church, God, help Great Hills Baptist Church. Lord, I'm so proud of our people as I'm just reading reports of people taking people in their homes, people volunteering their time at the Red Cross, people giving money, people planning trips. And, and Lord, I'm so proud of our people and I pray that you'd bless them, bless us, God, so that we can continue to be a blessing to our neighbors in the South. And this is our prayer in Jesus' name, amen, amen. God bless you as you stand. We'll sing a song of invitation invite you to come you may want to kneel at this altar it's wide open for you it's very friendly place the altar is open and maybe you're that guy you're that gal that prayed to receive Christ and and the Spirit of God just won't let you alone it's like I need to tell somebody I gotta I gotta let this out I gotta let it be known that I was here I was in sin and I asked Jesus to take it and in heaven he'll let me in and so I'm just going to confess with my mouth that Jesus is Lord, I'm going to believe in my heart that God raised him from the dead. And on the authority of the word of God, I'm going to say today that I am saved. Is that you today? Then if it is, come on, the altar is here. Mm -mm, we got pastors, we got deacons, man, we got counselors. You come, let us pray with you and encourage you. Finally, here it is. You say, I got that, Brother Danny. I know Jesus. I'm on my way to heaven, but my heart is heavy. My marriage is struggling. My finances are in a mess. Or I have a, I have a friend that I'm praying for or a neighbor and, and where two or three are gathered, would you pray with us? And we will. You come. That burden that you're carried is half as heavy when you share it with somebody else. God bless you even now as you come. I'm praying. Praying right up here for you. Come on.